kind of before I read this text and talk briefly about it, the psalm is entitled, A Psalm of Giving Thanks. It's the only psalm we have with this precise heading, A Psalm of Giving Thanks. And in our nation, in our community, there's a lot of struggle going on right now, a lot of heartache, a lot of of difficulties from our economy and so on. I had a chance just this past week to witness what a classroom setting looks like. I have a daughter who is five, and she just entered into kindergarten last week. And in that classroom, there's 31 four- and five-year-olds in this class with one teacher, no aide, nobody else, just one teacher and four or five. And thank God that my, my daughter's teacher is a Christian, and I'm going to be praying for her earnestly and doing what I can to help. And there was a time when I got there, one, one of the kids was crying, the mom was leaving him behind, the other one was stuck in the bathroom crying, and there's this one teacher, 31 kids. There's one person who was not there, supposed to have 32. It's just amazing. I just want to encourage you guys, it's going to be a difficult year, I think, for a lot of our educators. A lot of our students also are going to be in crowded situations where it's going to be a lot different than we expect. And I just want to challenge you guys, if you guys have been fingerprinted or if you haven't, get fingerprinted and serve in our local schools because they are in desperate need for, for extra help. I had um, an opportunity also just this week to hear from certain individuals. God just brought people into my life this week who are we're really going through some struggles, some with struggles with their marriages, some people who have expressed to me struggles with their children and raising their children. There's been some who have lost jobs, some who are desperately seeking employment. There's been those who are ailing in health. A person I know just lost their husband a couple weeks ago. And it's just a real difficult time. And to talk about a psalm of giving thanks can be difficult amongst our, our challenges and struggles. But I wanted to have us look at this psalm of thanksgiving. I think it's a word that God needs us to hear, just to give him thanks amongst all the difficulties, amongst all the struggles. Psalm chapter 100, I'll read from the English Standard Version. It says, Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generation. Before we look at each verse, this psalm is really packed with a lot of exhortations and commands that, that God through David is giving his, his readers, his hearers. He tells us to make a joyful noise, to serve the Lord with gladness, to come into his presence, to enter his gates with thanksgiving and praise to bless his name. And I've, I ask oftentimes, how can we do this when there's so much struggle in our, our lives? And I titled this, this short message that uh, he is God and he is good. And that is why we can thank God and serve him and worship him because he is God and he is good. This is my hand motion for good. I'm not sure why, but he is God and he is good. <laughs> it's not saying language, I don't think, but it's, he's good. Well, to me... Uh, this is a, a picture of our rule of this verse, make a joyful noise to the Lord all the earth. In the end, when Christ comes back, there's going to be a remnant from every tribe, every tongue, every nation that worships God and makes a joyful noise to him. It's also a call to us believers to make a joyful noise to the Lord out of hearts that just love God and can't help but make a joyful noise to him. Many of us, we uncontrollably blurt out noises when we're excited or something good is happening. I went to a San Francisco Giants baseball game. I'm a big Giants fan. My dad raised me that way. And 
May 1st, I've been taking the young people to the Giants games ever since they were at Candlestick Park here at this church, trying to indoctrinate them into the true team, the Giants. <laughs> Sorry, you A's fans, Lexi. But on May 1st, there was a, a real exciting game. Matt Cain was pitching for the Giants. They're playing their division rival, the Rockies. And after eight innings, Matt Cain had pitched eight shutout innings. And it got to the ninth inning. They brought in their, their backup pitcher, this guy Guillermo Moda. And he went in and started struggling right away. He gave up a hit. He gave up a run. There was a couple outs he finally got in that inning. And finally, with two outs, he got this, this guy who used to play for the A's, Jason Giambi, to pop the ball up to the panda, Pablo Sandoval. And, and the panda caught the third out, which gave the Giants the victory. And, and instantly, the crowd, who was already on their feet, just shot their hands into the air and just started screaming and cheering like crazy. And it wasn't something where the PA person, Rennell, if you've been to the Giants game this late, she didn't say, all right, guys, let's get up and let's cheer. Our team's uh, just won the game. But just automatically, because of the joy they had for their, their team winning this game, they just shouted out. And it was, it was just amazing. I saw over 1,000 hands just pump fists into the air and just screaming for, for the Giants. And I think oftentimes for us in worship, we don't give a joyful noise spontaneously because maybe, one, we don't know Christ personally. We don't have that personal relationship with him. There's no joy. We do know God, but we're just struggling and have no joy in our life. And it's been encouraging for me just here at this church seeing adults, young people worship God just because you could tell there's a joy of the Lord in their hearts. I was just prayed for this morning by a young man who just I know loves Jesus, and it just blesses me to see when there's a joy in our hearts for Christ that just comes out naturally. I've been blessed this past year with working with our youth, just seeing God have his young people make a joyful noise to the Lord because they're joyful of who God is. We had a chance just before we went to Mexico to have a time of communion. We went out to the hillside in Rancho Solano where there's no houses, no trees, no other trees. There's no lights. There's just cows and cow patties everywhere. And we had a small group of high school students. But we went out there and just read the scripture how Jesus met with his disciples and was able to have this last supper with them before he was to be beaten and crucified. And without a lot of distractions, the youth... We had just bread, we had juice, and we had a guitar. And we were just worshiping God together, remembering what Christ had done for us. And it was, it was really awesome to see. It was super cold, it was stinky, and the cows were mooing. But students just took communion, they spread out, and just started worshiping God, making a joyful noise to him. And then like Nina shared with Mexico, it was a real powerful week. And a lot of you were concerned for us going and prayed for us earnestly. And God just met us in a special way as we worked along the Spectrum Ministry staff. And the last day there, we, were, we climbed up this hill. Some call it a mountain. If you're out of shape, it's a mountain. If, it's, if you're in shape, it's a hill. Mountain. All right. But we got to the top of this mountain for me. And when we were at top, we just uh, carried these rocks to this cross on top of the hill. And we laid them at the foot of the cross to represent our sin and our struggle that we want to lay before for Jesus. And we just shared encouragement to each other up on this mountain. There's about 30 of us or so. And it was really awesome seeing God meet with us. There was tears and there was uh, people worshiping. And we, we closed off with some worship. And I just looked around. There were students who were hugging each other, some on their knees, their face in the dirt, some with hands raised to God, just, just worshiping him, making a joyful noise. It was just been awesome. We went to kick back on the American River where we mixed with four other churches, other youth pastors who I'm really like-minded and, and just love. And we get together and bring our youth together five different churches worshiping God together. And that's where we saw Jazzy get baptized by her mom. And it was just an awesome time seeing God bring the youth together and worship, making a joyful noise to him and baptism and worship and, and hanging out. Also, the backpack trip, as 
as John mentioned, we had a really awesome time just laying on the rocks on these huge granite slabs, like 20 of us just worshiping God and singing songs to him and just blurting out our praise to God. And then at Hume Lake, like Claire shared, there is a, a really awesome movement of God too. There's about 1,000 high school students there and about 400 or so junior hires, and they're packed in these chapels just worshiping God, making a joyful noise to the Lord. And I remember the night that Claire stayed back after chapel, and there's some other junior high students, and they were just, their hearts were beating, their, their eyes were full of tears. They just had experienced this encounter with God that they couldn't help just talking about. And this has been a exciting blessing, again, for me to be a witness to God's work within our youth here at Parkway. And I just want to challenge us, sometimes we come to God and we, we hold back. One, again, because maybe there's no joy in our hearts. I just to challenge us to, to let God be praised and just let it out. I'm not a real outgoing emotional guy. I'm pretty stoic. But some of my best worship has been when I've been by myself driving my car like early this morning and last night or just going off by myself in my house when no one's around, just worshiping God, making a joyful noise. I I challenge you to follow David's words here. Make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. John Wesley said to his people, sing powerfully and with a good courage. Beware of singing as if you were half dead or half asleep, but lift up your voice with strength. Verse 2, serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. And too often, I know we serve because we're told to serve, or we do it out of obligation. Like when I'm watching the Giants play, my wife wants me to change a diaper or take out the trash. Oftentimes, those acts of service are difficult for me because I'm selfish and I want to do something else. But it's been a blessing for me. I have had 20 adults work with High Life, our high school ministry, this past year. And it's been 15 adults working with our junior high students here at this church. And that's a, a huge blessing and encouragement to me as our staff have served the Lord with gladness. We don't pay them to be here. They just show up after work. They put their kids to sleep and come here and serve God, a lot of them. And I've just been blessed by, by all of them. And I asked the staff to show in this video, I'm going to show you here in a, in a minute, just what they're thankful for regarding their involvement with the youth. Um, here's a little video, if it's ready, that we could show you about God's thankfulness. As far as youth ministry, there are a lot of things that I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for uh, this church and how they support the youth ministry, um, that they give the youth a place to hang out. They give a place for old people like me to come and and return and give back to God what he's already given us, the talents and abilities that he's given us to work with youth. Um, I'm thankful for just seeing God move in many different ways and how he meets each individual student in a very unique way. I think because I came to know Christ in high school and had people pouring into my life at that stage, it's just an awesome privilege to be able to, to turn that around and give back. And God has just given me a real love for youth and and I, am, I enjoy them, and I still feel like I can relate to them, and so I just count it a privilege to get to be used. And, and they challenge me. They keep me accountable. They challenge me to keep growing, and uh, I feel like I learn more from them. So that's what I'm thankful for, what they teach I think me. I'm most thankful for uh, just working with the kids and just, uh, just them seeing their passion and that being able to ground me in my walk with the the Lord and just bringing me back and just, you know, seeing them and just wanting to be a better role model for them. And I just thank the Lord just for giving me the opportunity just to work with them so that 
I can grow, so I want to be better for them, so they have a role model to look up to. I'm just thankful for the spiritual support that I get from the older staff members, and uh, just getting to learn from older guys just working at the church, like with guys like Dan Deckard and Tony and uh, Justin Nunes, and um, just uh, being able to go on all the trips and just seeing God become the center of the students' lives and just seeing them really strive after Him. It's really an encouragement to me, too. I just learned so much from them, and uh, just uh, all the all the process they make at the camps and everything they learn. It's just really an example for me in the way I live my life for God. I'm thankful for the chance to be a part of a ministry that God has given me a passion for. And I'm thankful for the chance to see these kids um, as they're sharing the things that God is teaching them and um, the struggles and the lessons that he's taking them through. And it's, it's an opportunity to have a front row seat um, and, and witness God working in their lives firsthand. And it's also a good reminder for me of some of the things that he's taught me. I think I'm most like thankful for all the leaders that um, even though they're so young, they're really willing to like step forward and be leaders for um, the other littler kids, like not even just the eighth graders, but the seventh graders too. They're really stepping up and taking on leadership roles at a young age and they really got a great heart. Well, I'm thankful for God giving me this opportunity um, to reach out to the kids and just to be blessed by them and them. And um, <laughs> um, I don't know, just seeing the way God works in them just when they're young and um, how they're on fire for God. And um, it's really encouraging just to see what it's going to bring in the future. I'm very thankful of watching how God moves through the students, um, getting to know the students, um, watching them grow with the Lord, um, seeing how the Lord changes their lives and they can change other kids' lives. I'm thankful that Parkway has a strong youth program that's supported by the church and that we have youth that are involved and want to be involved in the youth group and in the community. And I'm just thankful that they let us in be a part I'm of it. I'm just life. really thankful um, that I get to come back because I, I went to High Life as a high schooler and um, God just really used it uh, to keep me accountable and to keep me plugged in. and. Uh, to keep me filled up. So I'm just really thankful that I get to be a part of it again and um, continue to see God work in uh, the students' lives, uh, a lot of whom are my friends uh, that I got to uh, be discipled with during high school. So I'm just really glad to continue to stay plugged in now that I'm back. Thankful for getting to know the kids and being able to see a lot of them grow and graduate now and like just seeing how their personalities have changed and um, how much they've grown to love God throughout the years. It's been pretty cool. thankful that there's a program for um, kids to come to and I, I like seeing 11 kids come and be a part of it and just a safe place where they can have fun and, and grow spiritually and um, just mature. It's fun to see how they grow um, from the beginning of the year to the end of the year. All right, that's some of our staff. I, again, thank God for their active service within our youth ministry here. So the question I have is, how is it that we can make a joyful noise and serve God with gladness and come into his presence with singing? Verse 3 says that we are to know that the Lord, he is God. Hand motions. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. And we are really called here to, to worship God intelligently, we don't worship a God that is sitting on a shelf or a formation of rocks in the desert somewhere. We worship a personal, intimate God who is God Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. He's everything we could ever hope for. 
It says he made us. In Psalm 139, David talks about also how God created us in an intimate way. He formed us. He knit us together in our mother's womb. He made us, uh, as David says, in a fearful, wonderful way. We are also his, verse 3 says. We are his people. And it's awesome to think about that we have a perfect heavenly father who loves us, who cares for us, who has chosen us and calls us his family. He has a great inheritance for us waiting one day in heaven in a place that he is making and waiting um, for us to join him in. And then he says, we are the sheep of his pasture. And God is our great shepherd. He in all wisdom leads us. He by his strong arms protects us. He by his tender care leads us and guides us through whatever difficulties we may be facing. And we're just simple sheep who need to be guided and led by the shepherd. And it's really through through Christ that we can experience this personal relationship with God and and enjoy his, his tender care and loving protection as our shepherd. And if you are here and know Christ personally, you have received God's grace and his mercy into your life. And as long as we are receivers of God's mercy, we should in turn be givers to God of thanks. Verse 4 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and bless his name. And many of you know that the temple in the Old Testament was a place of worship. It was where the priests would gather for, the, for, the, for God's people and would offer sacrifices and worship to God. And through Christ, he has given us this access directly to God personally, individually. It's through Christ and his sacrificial death on a cross that we have our sins forgiven and that we now have access to the innermost courts of God in worship to him as believers. And so it's because of Christ that we can enter in with thanksgiving and with praise. And that's why I want to encourage us all to thank God for whatever circumstances you may be experiencing right now, difficult or, or hard, whatever it is that we can, because of what Christ has done for us, give him thanks in all circumstances. We are indeed wretched sinners who need God and his grace in our life. He loves us so much. He has given us a way to freely worship him, and it's through Christ that we can do so. This is great news. It should give us encouragement to thank God and to bless his name, as this verse says. Well, this psalm ends off in verse 5. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. He is God and he is good. And this is a, a concept that really spoke to me back in November 6, 1990. I was in my second year at Bible college up in Canada, far away from my, my family. My roommate Jimmy Limnios and I, who some of you know, some are related to, he was uh, my roommate through uh, my first year and a half at that point of, of Bible college. And we grew up in junior high together. I know last time I preached, I had a picture of us in my perm, and he was a real short little guy. He's a really, uh, really hilarious guy, probably the funniest guy I know. And if you know him, you probably say the same thing. But he and I, in Bible college, had a chance to uh, just pray daily for our, for our, our family. And there was, there was a time where it was, uh, again, November 6th, when Jimmy said he was going to be up late that night. And so I decided I need to get my rest. I need to go down the hall and sleep at a friend's dorm room. So I was asleep. About 2 in the morning, Jimmy came into, me, into my room, and he, he woke me up and said, Tony, we need to talk. And it was like 2 in the morning. I'm saying, Jimmy, what's, what's going on? I'm, I'm asleep here. And so he presses and says, no, we need to talk right now. I said, fine, let's talk. And he goes, no, we need to talk right now in our room. And he had a real serious tone that I'd never heard before. And so I got up 2 in the morning, walked down the hall. And as I got into my, my room, I saw 
the dean of students sitting on my bed. This is an older gentleman, Bill Latrace, was uh, sitting there. So I was trying to figure out what's going on at 2 in the morning, why this older gentleman's sitting on my bed. He had me sit down with Jimmy, and he went on to explain to me that my, my father, who was only 47 years old, had passed away that night of a heart attack. And it just really hit me. My dad was like Superman to me. He was a police officer. He and Jimmy had worked together. Um, he never uh, called him sick a day of his life. And to me, it was a, a shock that I couldn't, couldn't fathom. How my 47-year-old father, who never spent a time in the hospital, was no longer alive. And me being a new believer, my dad was a real pronounced atheist. He was not ashamed to let people know there was no God and, and Christianity and church was a joke. And so all those emotions just hit me. I was wondering about my dad's eternal state. And it was just really difficult. Jimmy and I were just were weeping together on the bed as our um, dean of students prayed over us. And later on, I got on the phone early in the morning, talked to my stepmother, and she had made arrangements for me to, to fly home for the funeral that morning. And my world was just turned upside down. I remember just grabbing my Bible, and I sat in a small closet on the hall where the janitor supplies were. And I just sat there and cried out to God. I was asking, why? Why does this have to happen? What's going on with, with all the situation that's happening to me? It was just really overwhelming. I, I opened up my Bible, and there's a real obscure verse that God just pointed out to me. Being a new believer, I didn't know this book even existed in the Bible. It was a book of Nahum. And um, for me, when I was a, a new uh, believer, I had no idea this was a book in the Bible. And I, I read Nahum 1.7. And it has become my life verse as I have gone through lots of ups and downs in my life. But it says, it says, God is good. He's a stronghold in times of trouble, and he knows those who trust in him. And it just really ministered to me. At that time, in my Bible doctrine class, I was studying about the characteristics of God, his attributes. And I knew that God was a, a God who was in control of everything. He was fair. He was just. He was loving. He was in control of all situations. And I knew that. And this verse is reminding me that God is also good. He wasn't an evil God that snatched my dad out and was trying to make my life miserable. But God was there for me. And this verse has ministered to me so much. When I came home for the funeral, I had a lot of struggles. A lot of people from this church really embraced me and gave me a place to live. Gave me um, birthday presents when, when I had um, special occasions come up. I was invited for Thanksgiving and Easter's. And this has been, um, God's goodness has been really shown through his people through that difficult time in my life. And I just want to challenge you guys here, if whatever circumstances you're going through, whatever difficulties you may be facing right now, just understand that God is indeed God. He is in control of every situation that could happen. He won't give you anything you cannot handle. And he is also good. He is going to work things out for his glory, though it might not always be easy. Just in closing, I wanted just to mention that it brings me great encouragement just to see God work and his faithfulness, like this verse says, from generation to generation to generation. From the older men and women in our church to the, to the infants, God is doing a work here through his faithfulness. And we have seen that through our youth who have shared of God's faithfulness working in and through them. And us older folks know that as we move on, these younger ones are going to be the next preachers, the next Sunday school teachers, the next ushers and greeters. And I just, again, thank you for your love for our youth and for your investment into their lives, again, through your prayer and love and support. And I just want to encourage us, lastly, regardless of what your circumstances are, to give thanks to God 
because he is God and he is good. His love endures forever, as verse 5 says, and his faithfulness to all generations. If you could bow your heads, let's pray.